Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu. This is Abdul Nasser Jengda, and you're listening to the Qalam Podcast. The Qalam Podcast has become an important part of people's lives all around the world. There are millions of people benefiting from the podcast every single day. Thousands of hours of content, dozens of different series from all the different teachers and scholars here at Qalam. All of this is delivered to the community free of charge. We are excited and actively working to grow and increase our efforts to deliver more and more benefit to the community. We ask you to support our efforts and become part of the Qalam family. Please go to qalamfamily.com and sign up to contribute to this Sadaqa Jariya on a monthly basis. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from all of us Jazakumullahu khairan wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. It's all good. Yeah, for real, positive, 100%. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wassalatu wassalam ala Sayyidina wa Nabiyana wa Mawlana Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Allahumma inna nas'aluka hubbak wa hubba man yuhibbuk wa hubba amalin yuqarribuna ila hubbik ya arhamar rahimin. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us his love. Uh, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the love of those actions that will gain his love. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the love of those people um, that he loves. Um, this is our 10th uh, session of uh, Know Thy Enemy. It's a series in which we're talking about the tricks and the plots and the ploys of shaitan and how he attempts to take us away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how he attempts to block our way back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, and the purpose of this is so that we're woke, we're aware, uh, we're cognizant of what's going on around us. Um, because a lot of us are sleeping, yo. A lot of us are sleeping about the reality of what it means to be a believer, what it, the reality of what it means to be alive, and how uh, uh, hated you are in the sight of shaitan. Um, and so the Quran, as that reminder, tells us over and over again that shaitan is your enemy, shaitan is your enemy, shaitan is your enemy. And so treat him that way. Act like he is your enemy. And the way when you know you have an enemy, the first thing you need to understand is first you need to understand how real the animosity is. And secondly, you have to understand where they're going to try, that enemy is going to try to attack you. Um, what's the game plan? And alhamdulillah, thumma alhamdulillah, our Prophet, our Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam, um, has given us the most beautiful details about the tricks of shaitan and about how to protect ourselves from those tricks of shaitan. Um, and this has just been such a, a, a beautiful class because you kind of walk around with a chip on your shoulder because you feel a little bit more woke. You feel a little bit more aware of what's the next plan, what's the next thing that shaitan does. Um, so this week, we're going to be talking about a very serious uh, objective of shaitan. Um, and I want to start this because you won't understand how critical this point is until you realize how great of a blessing we have in a certain area. One of the most important and necessary aspects for a believer to grow strong is community. I'm going to say that again. One of the most critical things that you need in order to grow strong as a believer, is community, is brothers and sisters around you that can help support you and push you towards righteousness. Um, when the Prophet ﷺ arrived in Medina, now I need you to understand something. Medina was a city where there were two major tribes, the Aus and the Khazraj. They were at war. They were bloods and crips. They were at each other's throats. And they had went to war straight up went to war for some time, and that bad blood was still there. But they thought, they said, hey, we can't survive. We can't thrive as a community until we stop fighting amongst one another. And so when they saw the opportunity to welcome the Prophet ﷺ, they felt that this was a chance for them to create unity amongst them so that their generations could thrive and grow and become better and stronger. So when the Prophet ﷺ, he came to Medina, the very first thing he did was establish a brotherhood and a sisterhood. 
because I need all of us to understand the greatest blessing that you have is the people that are around you. And what shaitan wants to do, you got to hear me on this one, because this is an issue that us young, woke, I'm kind of young still, so us young, woke Muslims really, really struggle with. He wants to break us away from the community. He wants to separate us from the community um, through different, different ways. But you, you got to understand that that is a major, major trick of shaitan. But you, you got to understand that that is a major, major trick of shaitan. And I want to share just a few narrations so that we understand what community means before we understand how he tries to break us up. There's a narration in Sahih Muslim. It's one of my favorite narrations that highlights how special brotherhood is, how special sisterhood is. Um, there's a narration where the Prophet ﷺ, he said that there was a man that went to go visit a brother or sister like there was a person that went to go with, uh, visit their brother, but there wasn't their physical brother. It was their brother in Islam. And the narration says, That as the man was walking, he didn't know, but he, he met someone. But he doesn't know, low-key, this is an angel. And the angel says to him, and this is a Sahih Muslim hadith, He's like, where are you going? Where are you going? And he goes, oh, I'm going to visit my brother. I'm going to visit my friend in another qarya, in another city. Do you have some blessing that you're trying to take care of? What that means is, is there some alternative, ulterior motive to you going to see him? Is there some other reason? And he goes, la, nah, there's no other reason I'm going. غَيْرَ أَنِّي He's like, I just love this person for the sake of Allah. Now, right there, I just want to stop. You need to have people in your life that you love just for the sake of Allah. People that you, the Prophet in another hadith, he's like, there's seven people that will be under the shade of his arsh on the day of judgment. And one of those people are two people that just loved each other for the sake of Allah. That was it. There was no other reason. It wasn't the gym. It wasn't nothing else. It was just for the sake of Allah. You're my friend, Fillah. You're my person for the sake of Allah. You need to have those people. So he says, no, no, I don't, there's no blessing. I'm not trying to, you know, like get close to this person because they did me some favor. No, I'm going just to visit this person for the sake of Allah. So the angel says, Abashir, fa'inni Rasulullah ilayka. He's like, I want you to know that I'm actually an angel. This is a Sahih Muslim hadith. I'm actually an angel. Allah wants you to know he loves you the way you love that person. He, yo, you're just going to kick it with your friend, man. You're just going to kick it with another brother in the past, uh, or sister that you love for the sake of Allah. And you need to realize that there's an angel that's on your way saying, you know what? Just the way you love this person, you're going to spend time with. Similarly, and I'm looking around the room at brothers and sisters that I love for the sake of Allah, man. Like, subhanAllah, that you just with them for the sake, the only reason we know each other is because we want to walk through the gates of Jannah together. Now, I want to make this a little deeper. Everyone in this room, all of us in this room, every one of us in this room has issues and problems we're struggling with. And when we pray Salatul Isha, all of us are going to raise our hands and beg Allah to help us with the hundreds of issues that we have in this room. But what if I told you that the answer to your dua is in this masjid. You're not feeling me on this. Like, like, look at it from Allah's perspective. You're begging Allah. Y'all, let me tell you a story real quick, y'all. So I'm, I'm, I was going to, uh, where were we going? Okay, yeah, I, the brother's in this room too. So I was going somewhere with this brother to, uh, just to eat at, a, a, at this new spot that opened up. We were trying to support some brother. He opened his new spot up. And Jazakallah Khair. And we were um, we were going together. And um, a lot of us we have issues, but we don't want to open up to everyone. We don't want to open our heart up and talk to people and let them know what we're struggling with. We want to bottle it up, keep it inside, make dua, leave with it. But I want you to understand that perhaps what we need to do is we need to actually start knowing each other, getting closer to one another. So 
we were in the car and we're just chopping it up. And I'm like, man, oh, I'm like, where's your car? Because this isn't the car he normally drives. He's like, oh, no, I got in an accident. I was like, oh, dang, what's, what are you getting it fixed? He's like, yeah. He's like, my man Hamza is fixing it. I'm like, Hamza, which Hamza? He's like, the Hamza we were just with. I was like, oh, Hamza is a mechanic. He's like, he has a whole shop. I'm like, subhanAllah, I'm running around the city right now myself looking for someone for something. So I, I realized, and I was with another brother this weekend, and he was like, all of us have skills. All of us have things that we're good at, and we would love to help each other. But we don't know that the other person needs something. So we're literally walking past each other in these gatherings, not realizing that we are the answer to our own struggles. Only if we were to open up and talk to one another. Only if we were to open and talk to one another. Wow, what do you do? Where are you from? Oh, really? Wow. Okay, you're a dentist. You know how many dentists I met in this room? I'd be calling them every other week. <laughs> you know, there's a bunch of y'all in here. Y'all, I got y'all on speed dial. But I didn't know you were a dentist till I was like, oh, what do you do? And they're like, oh, I do this. I'm like, okay, nice, good. We got each other. When you need me, I got you. you I need you. I got, you know, back and forth. So the reason I'm saying this is because when we talk about community, yeah, we have a, a room full of, of bodies, but do we know each other, y'all? Do we know each other? I know you came with your clique. I get it. But will you step outside that comfort zone and, and dap somebody else up and say, hey, how are you? Where are you from? What do you do? The Prophet said a sign of the day of judgment is taslimul khas. It means people will only give salam to the ones they know. It's a sign of the day of judgment. You just walk straight. And you know what? I thought it was an old school thing, but low key, the younger generation, we doing the same thing. We're doing, it, we used to be like, oh, that's just an uncle auntie thing. No, we're doing the exact same thing. So what I want us to understand is community is what is necessary for faith to grow. But it's not a community just because we're together until we get to know one another. So the first thing I wanted us to understand is we need each other. And not just for our worldly things, not just because I need a mechanic and you need someone to help you with this thing and that thing. No, here's the deal. I'm going to drop a hadith on you that is extremely important for today's class. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, The believer with another believer is like a, a, a brick wall. We strengthen one another. We strengthen one another. Like, this is, a, this, is, this is heavy. Have you ever thought about the fact that, you know, we stand in, 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 in suffs together when we pray? Shoulder to shoulder, foot to foot, where we're right next to each other. And the Prophet Sallallahu he literally said, this is deep. The Prophet Sallallahu he literally said, make sure you're close together. That don't mean step on your man's foot. <laughs> Y'all be stepping on people's foot all day, yo. The Prophet Sallallahu I had to, yo. I had to, yo. I had to. I've been holding that back for a minute. Yo, the prophet said, close the gaps. And the hadith was clear. He said, make the, the, the line straight. And a lot of us, I know how we think. We're like, what does this have to do with me spiritually? Why did the prophet emphasize this so much? You don't get it. He says, close the gaps because I see shaitan coming in between you. What that means is if we're not tight, if we don't know each other, Man, you pray fudger next to a dude, you get, you get tight. Yeah, I know how your breath smell in the morning, yo. I know Eamon. I know Eamon real close. You know what I mean? I know Eamon close, man. He be right next to me fudger time. I just throw up my hood real quick. You know what I mean? No, there's a beauty in the deen. And when someone comes out of the deen and comes into Islam and sees how close we are, you realize how much community matters for us to grow. And so... That's the first thing I want to begin tonight's class on. I want all of us to understand that if we allow gaps between us, shaitan will come in. Shaitan will come in. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So this whole preface was all about the fact that we need community to grow. That, that you growing in Islam by yourself, uh-uh. You need a community to grow. And that's what we're developing here. That's what we're building. That's why we're all here. But here's what I want to talk about. The Prophet ﷺ, he said in a very clear hadith, 
And this is where we, after we understand how special community is, how special our relationships are, now we can understand another pressure point that shaitan is going to love to destroy. Listen to this hadith. Inna shaitan an musallun. The Prophet said that shaitan has lost hope that the believers will ever worship him. He's lost hope. He knows. La ilaha illallah. Worship shaitan? Nah, that ain't happening. Never. Alhamdulillah. However, the narration says, Walakin but he has never lost hope that he will be able to break you away from the community and attack you individually. I got to go slow here. The word taharish is when you, um, when you, when you incite like, uh, like animals fighting and you're like, go, go, go. You, you incite that. That's called taharish. So what it means is shaitan knows that you're not going to worship him. So the prophet said, so what is his access point? What is he trying to do? He's trying to split us up. He's trying to get between us. But why? What's the objective? Number one objective is you need community to grow. And the moment he breaks you off from the community, you're a victim. You're on your own. You're on your own. So he'll do whatever it takes to break you from the community. And that's the objective, to separate you from the community. So the Prophet ﷺ, he said in a very explicit hadith that in the shaitan, listen to this hadith and remember it. I just want you to remember it's the wolf hadith. If you need a name, the wolf hadith. What you talking about, wolf? Listen to this. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, a shaitan dhibbul insan. Shaitan is a wolf to Bani Adam. He's like a wolf. What does that mean? The Prophet said, Just the same way a, a wolf attacks a, a flock of sheep. Okay, cool. What do we want to learn from that? The Prophet The wolf goes after the sheep that separates from the group, the sheep that's on the edges, the sheep that just like goes off on its own. That's the one that the wolf attacks. Then the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Alaykum bil jama'ah. Hold with, stay with the group. Stay with the group. The reason, the, the reason I want us to understand this is once we understand his objective in, in, in separating us, then we realize, wait, I need the community. And, and I'm going to get specific on how the community gets broken up. But we need to understand the importance of holding on to the community and this hadith here. Let me go a little deeper on this hadith. What the Prophet ﷺ is telling us is that there's a flock of sheep. And some of us just like to keep a little bit of relationship with the Muslim community. Just a little bit. Like, I'm going to hit you up every now and then when I need you. I'm going to hit you up every now and then. I'm on the outskirts of it. The Prophet ﷺ says, watch out, yo. Watch out. You need, you need the community to grow. You need to be in these places where there's community and you feel safe and your iman is being strengthened. So what is his objective? His objective is to cause fitna and friction between us because if he can cause fitna, fitna and friction between us, he can separate us from uh, the, 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 the group. And once we're separated from the group, we're by ourselves and we're vulnerable. But there's another objective of shaitan here. Listen, this is like 101 what your enemy always does. He wants you to focus on other believers so you're not focused on fighting your true enemy. My true enemy that I'm fighting in war, I'm, every day is a battle, is shaitan. But the moment he makes you my enemy, the moment he makes my cousin, my brother, my sister, the imam, the whoever, my enemy, now I have another enemy. I'm not focusing on the battle that I'm supposed to be fighting. So everyone in, in your life, these believers that are in your life, these people we got beef with, these are not our enemies. Shaitan is. And those people are the people we're going to be walking into Jannah with. Those are going to be the people that may be pulling one of us out of the fire of hell because we got stuck. Because the Prophet said every single believer will have a shafa'ah yawm al-qiyamah. Let me break that down. There's a narration that says, have a lot of good Muslim friends. Why? Because every single believer will have an intercession on the day of judgment. That means somebody is stuck in hellfire and can't get out. But it's like, yo, 
I remember you. You're my peoples. I got you. Let me help you out. So when the Prophet ﷺ, he came to Medina, he created this brotherhood. There was major uh, conflict between Aus and Khazraj. But the Prophet ﷺ understood that I have to bring their hearts together. Islam will bring their hearts together. When their hearts are together, Islam will grow in Medina. And any time some, some shaitan got between, the Prophet ﷺ immediately, immediately, immediately jumped in and made sure that he did, they didn't let that grow. Now, here's what they say, though. Shaitan didn't lose hope that he can cause friction between us, right? But what we have to understand is sometimes it's us that Shaitan is using to cause friction in the community. I got to bring this home. Shaitan is not, when we say Shaitan wants to separate us, we have to understand that the scholars say any person in this room that does whatever they need to do to bring two people apart, they're part of Hizba Shaitan. Do y'all remember we said that Shaitan has, has an army? And that army is either from the jinn or from human beings too. And I said that sometimes good people end up working for Shaitan not realizing what he's doing. Tonight is a night where we talk about how Shaitan tries to use you for his greater purpose. And so Imam Dhahabi and others, they say this, and I'm going to be very clear because this is a major problem in a way shaitan gets in the community. Any person that spreads words and, 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 and statements and ideas, the objective of which is to separate people, the scholars are clear, this is clearly the act of shaitan. This is clearly the act of shaitan. Imam Dhahabi, he says, Whoever causes friction, whoever causes friction between two believers by taking one word, oh, he said this, she said that. This person is doing what's called namima, and I'm going to explain that word, and they are part of the, the, the army of shaitan. And, and I'm thinking about myself right now. You should be thinking about yourself because what does this mean? What does this mean? The Prophet ﷺ said that one person that will never enter into Jannah is Namam. The, the word in Arabic, I'm going to break it down, is Namima. Namima is the word I'm going to be talking about. What is Namima? Let me break it down so I'm going to just use this word the whole time we talk. Namima is defined as you take speech of one person, they said something, and you bring it to another person. Yo, did you hear what such and such said? But your intention inside is just to cause friction between the two. This is a major problem. Major problem in the community. So it's naqulul kalam. So somebody said something. Now if they didn't say it, I mean that's even worse than ghibah. Because you're just lying that they said it. But sometimes they actually did say it. And, and I'm going to be real. This comes from a, a sick heart, yo. This comes from a sick heart. And we do it in the most subtle way. Y'all know me. I'm too transparent. My wife always says that. When I was a student of knowledge, I did Toba, so I think I could share this show. <laughs> I, want an ex I want to give an example. Because everyone in the room is like, oh, yeah, I don't do that. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. Let me give an example. I was with one sheikh. Please don't judge me. I'm going to share something with you so you can learn from it, but don't judge me. I did Toba. I was with one sheikh, right? And I don't know why. Shaitan. Blame it on shaitan, right? To the sheikh I was with, I mentioned the opinion of another sheikh on an issue that I knew that sheikh didn't agree with. Now, now low-key, I didn't really, like, say anything. Oh, he said this about you. I was just like, yo, you know he says that such and such is halal. Now, right after, I had another teacher that was present, and this person is close to me. Oh, man, he even watches every lecture, like, yo, yo, check this, fix that, this, that. He was with me, and he was like, the moment you did that, I was like, I have to correct you. He pulled me to the side. He's like, do you realize what you just did? I was like, wow, I was just telling him his opinion. <laughs> that is his opinion, right? That's the opinion he holds. See, what I'm trying to say is we do this. What was I trying to do? 
See, sometimes to get closer to someone, we think I got to push somebody else away from them. So in order to get closer to another person, I start pushing everybody away. You don't have to do that. Hearts are bigger than that. Hearts can have multiple people close to them. But we're limited. We think the same way we are with God's mercy and God's blessings. Oh, if Allah blessed this person, that means I can't get it. No, you don't have to push other people away from someone. You know who thought like that? The brothers of Joseph. The brothers of Joseph, they felt that the father's love was so limited that we have to find a way to separate and push people away from dad so that I can get everything that dad has to offer. So what I'm trying to get you to realize is how often you do this because this is how shaitan is, is, is separating us. Now, we're going to go deeper. Hold up. You think it's bad because two people separated? You don't even know the half of it. When you separate two people, that person, both of them, has friends, 20, 30 friends, family members. Now you've actually broken up 50, 50 60 people. Because now when I see these two people separate, and that's my ace right there. So now he's going to be like, oh, you chill, you cool with him? I'm like, no, no, yo, you my people's. So what I'm trying to get you to understand is you didn't just separate two people. You broke a community. You broke a family. Like this is, this is heavy. This is real. So this is what Namima is. This, it's, it's trying, and, and I want you to understand how sly Shaitan is. Because a lot of us are at least cognizant enough to say, let me not have a bad heart and just want to cause a fight between people. Okay, cool. You don't cause fights between people. What you do do, however, is try to push people away from other people so that you could get a little closer. You don't got to treat the whole world like corporate, y'all. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's very, very dangerous. So the Prophet spoke extensively about people who take information and, and, and spread it in a way that their intention is to separate those people apart. Whether it's true or false, that's not the issue. The issue is your intention is actually to create distance between two people. Now, if you analyze your last week, be real with yourself and ask yourself how many times you did this. How many times did you nonchalantly say to your mother as y'all was gossiping something about somebody? Or your sister while y'all was talking something small about someone? That caught the prophet Sallallahu used to say this. He used to say, don't tell me anything about anyone. I want to come out Salim al-Sadr. I want to come out with, to people with a clean heart. Like some of us want the tea. <laughs> some of y'all like the tea, love the tea. But y'all got to be careful what that's doing to your heart. And at least don't be the one pouring the tea. At least don't be the one pouring the tea. Imam, Imam Noawi, he says, whenever somebody comes to you with some information about another person, there are six things you need to do. Take note. Number one, number one, don't believe it. Don't believe it. You know why? The fact that they're doing this makes them not credible. And in, in, in Islam, they're not credible. You can't even be a witness. In Islam, this action itself makes you not credible. So you don't even realize it low-key by doing this. You just disqualified yourself from even accepting anything from you. And the thing that always, if that doesn't convince you, the thing that I always say is the one that backbites to you will backbite about you 100%. 100%. Don't think you're special. You're just the receptacle for this moment. You're just the receptacle. So realize when you stop the person from ghibah, low-key you're stopping them the next time they're backbiting you. So the first thing is don't even believe it. Don't even believe it. That's your first responsibility. Number two, this takes courage, but we got to step up. Stop the person. Stop the person. A lot of us don't like conflict. So we just sit there and listen like, oh, yeah. And in your heart, you're like, low-key, you're just like, oh, man, I wish you. 
Say something. Get, be, like make an excuse. I, I gotta, I, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. I had a classmate, y'all. I think I told you about this before. I had a classmate. Whenever he was around, nobody backbit anybody. But you know how he did it? Whenever he would hear someone start backbiting, it's kind of funny. He would just start making noise like, uh, 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 like loud. Like we're chilling. And these two just start saying something about someone not here. He's in the corner. He'd just be like, yeah, so, you know, uh, 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 uh. No, okay, thank you. Okay. <laughs> no, the point, the point I'm trying to make is he just found any method possible to stop it. And after a while, we got the hint. We got it. Everyone knew. Like, oh, we're backbiting. Stop. Stop. So the second thing that a person has to do is we have to learn to be a little bit courageous and stop it. If you can't stop it, then just, yo, I got to go. Get out of it. Get out of it. Number three, and this is another one that's hard for us. You got to hate the action, yo. I know the heart loves drama. It loves information. It lo- that's shape on, yo. You got to hate it. You got to be like, no, this is bad for me. I want to meet that sister next week and my heart be clean. I don't want to walk up to that sister, sister to sister, I'm saying. Like, I don't want to walk up to that person and in my head I got all these files about this person. You know why this is extremely even more dangerous? Once everyone starts doing the mima, the person who, there's, we, we start to believe everybody's talking about us. So you don't get it. I was talking to a close friend about this. Shaitan wants to separate you from the community. One way he does that is by making you feel everybody is talking about you. So you're like, nah, man. I'm, I, once we stop the cycle of Namima, then that, there's no room for that. There's no room for that. And you don't know how, 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 how it feels to be the subject of the rumors. You don't know what it feels for your family to be the subject of the rumors. When you realize his ultimate objective is to get you out of the community. If he does that, checkmate, done. Then you realize how dangerous it is for y'all to just be gossiping in the corner. Passing on information. It's the most destructive thing we could do to the community. It's the most destructive thing you could do to people in the community. And it's a sickness in the heart. And it doesn't break up two people. It breaks up families. And it breaks up communities. Imam, Imam Noah, he says, you have to hate it, yo. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Number, he actually says, I'm sugarcoating. He actually says you have to hate the person doing it. Low key, that's what he says. And I was like, oh, let me just say hate the action. But I was like, you know what? No. That person is doing something so vile. See, again, when, when, when someone tells us someone did something really uh, heinous crime, it's socially political. It's politically correct to hate the person. Oh, my God, I can't believe, right? But with these things, we're kind of like, oh, no, let God forgive him. Why do we hate him? No. When you realize how bad this is, what it does to a person, then you're like, no, okay, this is horrible. This is horrible. So number four, um, protect your assumption about the person who they're sharing the information about. You remember three halakas ago, we talked about shaitan causes us to have bad assumptions about people. This is the playoff of that. That when someone comes to you and tells you something, it is hard, it is hard, it is hard. You got to drop it. Nope, I'm starting fresh. I don't know what that person saw. I don't know where they're coming from for that. I don't know what beef and drama they have with that person. Nope. So don't believe it. What number was that? Four. Number five. Don't let this information force you to, to justice, investigate. Start going through person's social medias, you know what I'm saying, trying to connect the dots, looking in the background of pictures and stuff. Looking in the comments, who liked what. Some of y'all has private eyes on social media. This is getting bigger, so I can't call my wife out no more, but she be on it like, bro. I'm like, how you find such and such? She's like, I got it, yo. <laughs> I'm good. I like. I was like, I just, I don't even know their name. She's like, I got it. 
So, so what we're saying is some of us, that information comes and we did all the first steps. We checked it. I don't believe it. Da, 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 da. But then when you're by yourself, you start investigating. Be careful, y'all. Be careful. It's a verse of the Quran. Don't spy. Don't stay away from it. And last one, last one. When we start doing something regularly or it happens around us regularly, we become complacent and okay with the action. So the next thing he says is, Don't let yourself fall victim, victim to it either. Why, why is that important? Because, again, when someone else is doing something around you regularly, you start to, like, not think of it as so egregious and bad. So it makes it more likely for you to do it as well. So these are the six advices that, um, that Imam Noawi says. Uh, Imam Noawi says, uh, Abdullah bin Amr bin Abdul Aziz. It's narrated that one time a man came to him, and uh, he's, he's like the sultan. He's like the leader. And uh, they come and he tells them some news about another person. He was like, okay, we could do one of, we could do, we got three options. He came and he was just giving them information about somebody else. He said, okay, here's one of three things. Number one, we can look into this. And if you're lying, your testimony is never accepted again. Number two, we can look into it and you're telling the truth. And in that case, you're doing namima and the Quran condemns this. So now you're at fault for that. And number three, we could act like you never said anything. He's like, I'll take number three. I'll take number three. So please understand how deadly this is between the community and why the Prophet spoke so explicit about this particular thing because this is how shaitan destroys families, communities, and the community is what we need. And it's how uh, uh, shaitan pulls people out of the community. Now, like, like, Segwaying off of this point about this quality called namima or spreading information in a way that separates people, pushes them away from one another uh, in any form or fashion. Um, segwaying from that, I want to focus on a verse of the Quran. In Surah, Surah Bani Israel, verse number 53, another specific aspect of how shaitan, and it's directly connected to the previous one, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Say, O Muhammad. Now, scholars say, whenever Allah, this is beautiful, y'all. Whenever Allah tells us to do something, but tells the Prophet to tell us, it means, O oh, believers, learn how to do it from Him. That's crazy. So, Allah didn't say, O oh, Ibadi. Say what is good. He said, oh, Muhammad, tell them, which tells us, study how Muhammad did this thing. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So what does this verse say? Waqul, say, oh, Muhammad, to my servants, speak ahsan. Speak only what is the best thing. Speak only what is the best thing. Why? Listen closely. Because shaitan causes friction between us. Shaitan is a clear enemy to us. What are we saying here? It's an angelic quality to speak good. But speak good is not that straightforward. Because good doesn't just mean, first of all, we need to study how the prophet spoke. What was, what was, what was, how did he speak to people? How did he interact with people? We need to study that. We need to learn that. But on top of that, we need to understand something. This verse tells us there is a direct connection between the words that you say and the friction that is created within the community between people. In all of our relationships, we need to understand today's lesson. The words that we say are the seeds planted and it grows tree, trees of hatred or love. The words that we speak are the seeds we plant, and it either grows trees of love or hatred. What we need to understand is that it's not what you say, but the Quran teaches us that you need to be cognizant of the effect of the words on the other person. Let me, let me, let, let, let me break this down. When you tell people, and the Quran says, speak good, it's not just about what's good to you. It's about you having the cognizance and the understanding of the other person 
So it has a positive impact on them. Why do I say that? There's a lot of people that, uh, yo, there's a lot of people, they deal with other believers in a way where it's just like, oh, I don't care the reaction. I got to speak the truth to you. Y'all don't feel me on that. Like, I got to tell you to huck. I got to drop the truth on you. Take it or leave it. I'm dropping it on you. Peace. What? Ali radiallahu ta'ala an, he used to say, he used to say, Hadithun nas, speak to people according to their understanding. Do you wish for them to deny the prophet and the messenger? Hold up. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's re reverse that. He used to say, speak to people according to their understanding. Why? He said, do you want people to deny and disbelieve in Allah and the Rasul? What does that mean? It means you may say something that's true. But the effect that that true statement has is far, far worse than something else you could have said. Far worse than something else that you could have said. And what shaitan does in that moment is like, oh, Islam tells you to speak the truth. My wife's like, how's this hijab look? Is it nice? I'm like, no, it's horrible. Right? Maybe your sister's like, my, my wife's like, no, you're supposed to tell me. What's up? No, but the, Islam teaches us. That in these critical relationships, it's okay for us to uh, take into consideration the other person and how it's going to impact the person and tell them what they need to hear to grow to their better self. Do you, do you understand what I'm trying to say? This is huge. I'll give you, a, I'll give you a, a, an example from the Quran. The, the, the believers in Mecca, they had a lot of confrontations with the disbelievers of Mecca. There were many confrontations, and they would get into arguments and different things. The Quran came and told the believers, Do not curse, O believers. This is what God, Allah, is teaching me and you. Do not curse the gods of other people, lest they curse Allah out of out of. Uh, Anger and uh, just rebelling. So what the Quran is teaching is, oh, Mikael, you're responsible for being aware of the reaction your words are going to have on people. I'm going to say that one more time. You're responsible for understanding the impact that your words and the action that your words are going to cause. So much so that in this verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, don't curse. Now, Imam Nawawi, no, Imam Razi, he goes, wait, if I was, if, if they were to speak down upon this, this religion at that time that they were fighting against, quite literally, it would seem that that would be okay. But Imam Razi goes, no, it's not okay. Because what comes from it is that these people become entrenched, they become persistent, they become vile, they become uh, ignorant. Why? Because now you, you started this whole thing. So what, what we're learning here, what this verse is teaching us is that our job, our job is to understand people. When Allah says, say to my servants, speak that which is best, lest shaitan cause friction between you. That means me and you as believers, we need to be cognizant of how we speak not just that we're saying what's good, but thinking about the impact that that's going to have on the next person. Because if it has the other impact, the Quran holds us partly accountable for that. Do not curse the gods of other people. And again, I don't want you to get it just stuck on that issue. The issue is you're going to be responsible for what other people are saying. And you're going to be like, well, I didn't make them do it. And you did. So the Quran, when it tells us to speak positively, speak good, that means me and you need to be cognizant of how our words have an impact, regardless of whether it's true or whether it's false. We need to have an impact on how the person is going to react to that. And regarding speech, um, this is where shaitan really tries to get us. There's a narration in, in many of the books of hadith about Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an. Now, we all know how great Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala an is. Um, how, how, how much he believed, he supported the Prophet, how much he sacrificed everything he had 
for the sake of Allah. But he was always learning from the Prophet And I want us to understand how language in our words, shaitan is right there at the, at the cusp of the words, just using that as a, a moment to get between us and our relationship with Allah. So there was a man that came up to Abu Bakr and the, and the Prophet The Prophet was sitting down, Abu Bakr was sitting down. And they're in Mecca. So everybody that's not a Muslim doesn't like Abu Bakr and doesn't like the Prophet. So this one man comes up and he's standing over Abu Bakr and he's cursing Abu Bakr to his face. Shatamahu. He's cursing him, he's cursing him, he's cursing him. The narration says, and the Prophet وسلم, is sitting right next to Abu Bakr. This is crazy. The Prophet وسلم, is sitting right next and he's looking up and he's astonished, but he's smiling. And Abu Bakr right now is quiet. He's not saying anything. He's not saying anything. Now, they say, why was the Prophet like smiling? Some scholars are, say that he was witnessing righteousness and the, resp the response to unrighteousness right in front of him. And he was happy that his best student was answering and passing the test in the best way. So it's kind of like, you know, your, 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 you know, your boys in, your young boys in jujitsu and he's doing good and you just kind of like, yeah, that's my boy. So the prophet Sallallahu is watching Abu Bakr being cursed at. And Abu Bakr is just sitting there, smart, just, and the prophet is watching the whole thing, smiling. Smile, like I said two weeks ago, it's the, the darkness, the light isn't at the end of the tunnel, the light is in the tunnel. The difficulty is the way to Allah. So that moment was his golden hour. That was his moment, if he realized it. So Abu Bakr is sitting there, taking it, taking it, taking it. But everybody has a limit, y'all. Everybody has a limit. So what happens? It says, when, when the man just went too far, Abu Bakr said back some of his words to him. Now, before I go forward, when I accepted Islam and I started to, started to study the deen, one of my favorite hadith, can I share it with you? The Prophet ﷺ was asked one time, a man wants to take my wealth from me. What do I do? The Prophet said, fight him. I was like, Allah, la ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah. No, for real, because you come from Christianity, it's like, turn your cheek. I'm like, turn my cheek. My man's like, where's the, where's the strength? The Prophet, let me finish this hadith, it's beautiful. He says, fight him back. The prophet, then the man says, I shouldn't read the rest of it. The man goes, uh, what if he kills me? The prophet says, you're a shaheed. You're a shaheed. You're a martyr. You're a martyr. You died defending your wealth, which is for your family and your livelihood and all that. You're a martyr. That's beautiful. The, how many of our brothers and sisters in Philistine died defending their wealth? Martyrs in the sight of God. How many of our brothers and sisters in all other parts of the world? Because, subhanAllah, I love this narration. So our religion allows us to fight back. Fight back. For so long, we had to not fight back. And finally, the Quran came and said, okay, now you can retaliate just what was done to you. But guess what? Guess what? If you forgive, it's the upper, it's the higher route. You don't have to. You can give right back to what someone gave you, and it's okay. So let's get back to the story. So this man is cursing Abu Bakr, cursing Abu Bakr, telling him off. And finally, he reached his kind of point. They're human beings, y'all. So, He says some of the things back to him. Now listen to this. The Prophet got angry. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He stood up. And he walked away. Now the moment he walked away, Abu Bakr didn't even care about the argument no more. The argument was, was void. It wasn't anything. Because now my prophet just got up and walked away angrily. 
I could care less about you right now. So Abu Bakr immediately goes over to the Prophet ﷺ, chasing behind him. And he says, Ya Rasulullah, he was cursing me and you sat and you were okay. But when I said some things back to him, you got angry and you left. Like He's like, teach me, teach me. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, when you were quiet, I could see an angel replying to every curse word they were saying to you. I saw an angel. Man, I wrote in my notes, y'all, you got to learn to see the angels, man. You got to learn to see angels, in, like walking to Fajr. Like, you got to learn to see the angels. You got to learn to see in this room, there are hundreds of angels in this gathering. That's why we feel so good and our iman feels through the roof and you feel like, subhanAllah, because of the angels present, we got to learn to see the angels. Someone is saying something to you, a coworker, a boss, whatever, you got to learn to see the angels, man. You got, why? Because if you don't, you will retort, you will say something back and now you've lost your status. You've lost your position. You, you, you lost where you were supposed to be. You were supposed to take the higher route. Now you could take the lower route. Islam allows that. But Abu Bakr had a position. And the Prophet's like, I'm not going to let you slip from where you're supposed to be. So the Prophet he says, He says, you don't realize there was an angel saying everything back. Everything back on behalf of you. Yes, you couldn't see it, but that's the reality that I could see. And that was what our prophet was saying. Listen, y'all. The prophet, he said, argumentation is the first sign of collapse of any community and family. Argumentation, according to some scholars, is straight up haram. We are not supposed to argue. We are not supposed to argue. My favorite hadith, Prophet says, no group of people, that means family, friends, brothers, community, no people go astray after being on, 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 on guidance except that you'll find argumentation amongst them. We have to learn to avoid at all costs those argumentations. At all, now, Mikael, I need encouragement. I'll give you encouragement. The Prophet said this. He said, Whoever gives up mirah wa huwa muhiq, even when you're right, then Allah builds for this person a, a, a house in Jannah. I, that, yo, I've been trying to stack up to buy a property for so long. <laughs> you know what I mean? You get my age, you just start talking about properties. Let me buy a property. You know what I mean? I'm far away from it. Don't worry. I'm just saying. The Prophet is like, Realize what you're getting when you're silent. Realize you're taking the higher route. Don't get me wrong. Is there, is there a point? There was one time one of the wives of the Prophet Sallallahu I don't want to mess up the names. I believe it was Aisha radiallahu anha. She was saying something to another uh, wife of the Prophet Sallallahu And the Prophet looked at the other wife and said, say something back. <laughs> Defend yourself. And she's like, oh word. And she got into it. <laughs> And Aisha radiallahu, these are our, our, our mothers, she, she calmed down. They said the, that why did the prophet encourage it here? Because it was a defense. It was like, yo, sit down, chill. So she says something back. So I want us to understand balance though. There's balance here. In this moment, as I finish this narration, realize that Abu Bakr radiallahu an was at a level. And the prophet was like, yeah, everyone else can do what you did, but you are you and I want to hold you to that level. We're almost done. Listen to what he says. He says, There was an angel that was right there standing over your head, replying back to everything they were saying to you. But when you opened your mouth, shaitan came right at that place. And he says, and I can't be where shaitan is. That's why I left. Now, it doesn't mean shaitan was going to Directly, but now the opportunity. When you're angry, when it's tight, quiet. Because that's right where shaitan has come. So at just this, to me, this hadith tells us, um, it, it's so clear that the Prophet Sallallahu is saying, first of all, learn to see the angels in your life, y'all. There are so many hadith that talk about there's angels in this and there's angels here. Learn to see that. Make that your reality. Similarly, learn to see where shaitan is. There's an argument going. 
Your temper starts to rise. You feel it. Remember tonight. Be like, uh-oh, I see you creeping, Shaytan. I'm out. I'm literally leaving the house. I'm literally going to make wudu. I'm literally going to lay down. I, I see what's happening. So this Quran verse is about protecting our speech and realizing that shaitan uses our speech in order to create friction in the community. So we talked about argumentation and realizing how argumentation breaks the community. And we talked about namima, which is when you just say whatever you can say to cause friction and separation between people. Last thing I'm going to say is that when we study the prophet's speech, his speech was always positive. His speech was always positive. Uh, speak positivity. Positivity is what will be in your life. I'm not saying it is cliche. I truly believe this is who the Prophet ﷺ was, and I'm going to give you an example of it. The Prophet ﷺ, he would meet people. So in his time, the Arabs, they used to name their sons really rough names. And their servants, they would name them really nice names. So they were asked, well, why do you give your sons, you know, rough names? They said, oh, we name our sons for our enemies. You know what I mean? Like they're going to fight for us. But we name our servants for us. Right. So they used to have these really, really, really crass names, rough names. So like the prophet met someone. We just studied this in Abu Dawood. The prophet met someone. He's like, what's your name? He's like, Harb, war. <laughs> he's like, war. My name's war. Like these were literally names people had. It's like war. The prophet's like, nah, your name's, uh, 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 what was it? Salim. Peace. <laughs> he just switched it on him. Why? Why? Listen, because this is an important part. The Prophet ﷺ, he, words mattered. Where's war at? Where's war at? <laughs> When's war going to come? <laughs> the Prophet flipped that. He changed it. So the words that we're saying are positive words. So speak good. Speak good. Another example of this is the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. Time is up. Treaty of Hudaybiyah. Subhanallah. We were in a very tough situation. It was a rough situation. We were not, we didn't know the way out. The Prophet Sallallahu sees a, name, a man by the name of Suhail bin Amr walking over to negotiate. He says, who is that? They're like, Suhail. He's like, oh, Allah's going to make it easy now. Because his name means ease. What I'm trying to say is when you speak positivity, a lot of us, we have this inner dialogue of negativity and, and, and even vocalizing negativity. That is not the way of the Prophet Sallallahu that is not the way of the Prophet ﷺ. He spoke positive and he helped people speak positive to the point where he changed people's names. I'll share one more incident. The scholars, they say even as, even as no was yes. If you, there's a hadith that the Prophet ﷺ, he didn't say no if you asked him for anything. He didn't say no if you asked him for anything. He'll, he even would say, I'll try to figure it out for you. I'll, I'll try to figure it out, help you. Last thing I'm going to say. Ma'roof al-khirqi. We're talking about speak positivity. And the impact it has. Ma'ruf Khirqi is this well-known scholar. And he was on the Dejla, Euphrates River, uh, with some of his students. And they're traveling on a boat. And they travel past another group of young Muslims. And those young Muslims are just partying, having a good time on the boat. And they're passing. So Ma'ruf Khirqi is on this boat with all of his students. You know, they all shaked up, sufied up, all, you know, pious tasbihs in the hand. And the other, and the other boat rides past. So the students, they say to Ma'roof al-Khirqi, they say, Sheikh, make dua against them, man. Look what they're doing. Make dua against them. So they stop this. Ma'roof al-Khirqi, he raises his hands and he says, Oh Allah, the same way you have made them happy in the dunya, make them happy in the akhirah. Positive. And they're like, Sheikh, how could you say that? He's like, if Allah makes them happy in the akhirah, that means they did tawbah. I made dua for them, but it doesn't have to be in a negative way. Speak positive. Bring positivity in other people's life. If you don't do this, shaitan will bring separation between us. So today's lesson is about shaitan's effort to create friction and separate us. And how shaitan uses me and you to pass those things and create separation from people. I want you this week until our next lesson, I want you to be cognizant of every time you say one little phrase, the objective of which is to push someone away from someone so that you could get a little closer. Once you do that right there, say astaghfirullah, that was from shaitan. I don't have to push people away from other people in order to get close to people. May Allah make us of those people 
who don't fall victim to being the tool of shaitan. May Allah make us of those people who are cognizant of the tricks of shaitan. May Allah make us of people who always speak good and positivity. May Allah make us people who are able to see the angels in the situations where there are angels around us and see the shayateen in the situation where there are shayateen around us. May Allah make us people who follow the way of our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Jazakumullah khair.